Greetings, people of the internet. It's time for the 4Plot Podcast. Today, Bungie and Activision break up. One of our favorite cartoons turns 20, and GameStop could be game stopped. <laughs> I don't know. Let's just do it. Let's just do this. So we're not, we're not going to do like a good podcast. What you're no, no, not today. The Nintendo Entertainment System. Your parents help you hook it up. The Legend of Zelda sold separately. Welcome everyone to another week of the 4Plot Podcast where we don't play video games too much. We play them just the right amount of time. Just enough. Just, just enough. Today on the microphone, we have... At the sucked zone over here. <laughs> who, wants to be, who wants to be named by gamer tag only today? All right. We've also got Richard here with us, Yo. Mike Williams, Yo. and Trevor Easterling. Also, <laughs> also known as at. Oh, that's Grim Brother 3. With go. a space in the middle. Right. <laughs> with a space in the middle. Three with Roman numerals. Is that a space or is that an underscore? It's a space. Yeah, whatever. Welcome to the 4Plot Podcast, everybody. Today we're going to break down some fantastic news stories from the week. We're going to give our opinions on them. We're going to have all around a good time. We're going to laugh. We may cry. All right? We, a little we, bit. We may throw punches. Who knows? All right? Today, first up on the docket, Bungie and Activision break up. Oh, this came cue the, out. Cue the hallelujah chorus, man. Yeah, well, well, we'll save it for right now. So we learned this week on Twitter from Bungie themselves that they are separating from Activision. Right here, I've got Kotaku notes that Activision's been disappointed with the revenue generated by Destiny 2. Activision wants Destiny 2 to be more accessible, while Bungie wants to create an experience that hardcore players can enjoy. However, if we think back, remember the first Destiny launched in 2014. It was an immediate sales success, shipped $500 million worth of product on day one alone. That's not the life cycle of the game. That's day one, $500 million. But now they broke up. They split ways. Everybody here has an opinion on that, I'm sure. Bungie, uh, Trevor, you started it off. You said they split ways. Hallelujah chorus. What do you think this means for for Bungie? You know, I, I think... You know, we we all have uh, sort of a love hate relationship with the Destiny franchise. I remember watching the uh, the E3 sort of reveal. I'm not sure if you guys remember watching that. Um, yes. For for the game and just like I don't think I'd ever been. <clears throat> I don't think I'd ever been uh, quite as excited and hyped about a game uh, before seeing that. There was just so many things that they were talking about. It, not not a lot of people know this. Destiny started off as a medieval fantasy game. Really? Yeah. It, Bungie was getting ready to make like a Witcher style, you know, Dragon Age style um, medieval fantasy game. There's actually concept art uh, that you can look at, um, you know, early concept art of what the game was going to be like. And then they turned it into a sci-fi game and, you know, eventually made it a, f a first person shooter. And uh, I just remember thinking to myself, man. You know, this is going to be a Halo style shooter game, but that started off with this like huge fantasy world, really narrative based. Right. And then they talked about like the different races and they talked about their inspiration behind like the Awoken and the Exo. And I just remember being so hyped, you know, watching all that stuff back on at the E3 reveal. Right. I agree. I feel like when it first came out and you guys can speak to this, when it first came out, there was a whole lot of emphasis put on. Races, characters, backstories, all these different elements where you had a rich world to kind of start to build. And then we play Destiny. And yeah. <laughs> I'm not, you know, we're not going to sit here and just take a crap on Destiny the entire yeah. time. Yeah. What we got was the loot cave. <laughs> well, yeah, 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 yeah. Well, Destiny's one of those games that I think has always had like crazy high potential. 
Right. Like, I truly think that if Destiny ever reached its potential, it would probably be my favorite game of all time. Agreed. It's just got that kind of like potential there. But I'm never going to say that about like a Call of Duty game or even like a Halo game, which no. I like because it's just not. It just doesn't hit all those notes for me. But I don't think Destiny has ever even come close to hitting that point where you feel like this is the most the game can be. And De- the question Destiny, is, is that Bungie's fault or is it Activision's? Because well, now we get to see. Now we get to see. And that's the thing. So as we expound upon it, what do you think this means for Bungie? I mean, the Bungie we know is Halo, right? I mean, that's really all we know unless you're a hardcore fan. You played Marathon, and that's, come on, that's a PC no, game. Nobody's played Nobody. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, and if they are, they're 55 right now. I mean, Marathon came out, like, way long ago, early 90s. or late, I don't, And if they played Marathon, we just don't have that Man, big of a fan it, base yet. So it's, it's, just, it's just sad, though, because it seems like this was, like, an abusive relationship, you know? saying like yeah like it was all about them just trying to get money uh from activision that is and i think that was a lot of the criticism you know that that it was getting is there was this split between the hardcore players right and the you know the players that were you know becoming new to the game and i think they've they've got you know they figured out a lot of things with the big expansion for destiny one which was the taking king um it was sort of like an overhaul of destiny one and i think fixed a lot of the Issues right. that pl- a lot of players were having. Uh, same thing with Forsaken. I think that they came in. You know, Destiny Two was a pretty good product. I enjoyed the campaign a lot more uh, in Destiny Two, Mike. I yeah. Know, you know, well, man. okay. It, it would be hard to have a worse campaign than Vanilla Destiny. Oh, absolutely. I think it was Very true. awful. I, I didn't. I didn't even know the game ended. Like when I was playing, <laughs> was like, I got to like the Vex thing. I killed it, and I was like, and it's like all the end stuff started. I was like, that what? Like, what? Do what? you do you? Does anybody remember the the name of the final villain in Destiny One? Absolutely not. You could play. You could nah. play. You could play Destiny One, Vanilla Destiny story. Absolutely hammered, drunk, and still get no <laughs> extra understanding. Yeah. It, it's like you just woke up from a hangover. You're like, oh my god, I just play a game. What, what, what is it? The scary thing even... is none of us remember anything about the final boss boss fight, and mul- multiple of you guys had every, all three characters. Yeah, I did. So well, you, that I means you had to beat it, it three times. Anybody? It was it was just giant vex, and then. It was. It was like you had to fight the black goo, the black heart. The black somebody, heart and, yeah. Somebody. Somebody want to. Somebody want to tell me who the hell Stranger Rifle belonged to. Somebody want to tell me who. Uh, who I believe the, it belonged to the stranger. <laughs> who, who the who the random lady that shows up, or you think I, she's I, a lady? I don't think we got time to explain. I believe no, that was the stranger. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, okay. We said we weren't going to crap on the games no. the whole time. Well, that wizard came that from the moon. Taken King was really good for Destiny One. Absolutely. And I thought Rise of Iron, that little extra one at the end, yes. was awesome. Oh, yeah. It was all kind of like Iron Banner themed. It was really cool with the siva right yes yeah that was great. and then i thought destiny 2 it was fun at first but then you kind of realized that they didn't seem like they learned anything from destiny right. 1 it had a lot of flaws and they introduced new ones right while they tried to fix other ones and so so once again bringing it back on topic here what does it mean for bungie what do you think it means for them to break away moving forward this is the company that we know for halo we know them for great storytelling the master chief saga is I mean, people would disagree with me. I love that narrative. I know Mike's giving me the—he's giving me the eye right now. It wasn't bad. I'm just gonna question whether it was like a well, great. But, story. but 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 Master Chief, you're invested into. You yeah. know what I'm saying? It like, was a it was a solid, straightforward. Like it, it had a purpose. It, it right. knew what it was doing. It was good in okay. that sense for so sure. So just opinion here. What does it mean for Bungie to take it over from Activision? What changes do you think Bungie will make? 
and and what do you think they will do moving forward and and what do you think sparked this i mean obviously there's some kind of controversy or some kind of disagreement going on between activision thinking needs to make more money and it says here bungie wanting to appeal more to the hardcore players and things they can enjoy what does that what does that mean i i think uh it means they have they're more open creativity for storyline or even things that they probably had ideas for that they probably couldn't implement because activision was just stifling them and so uh i i mean i, I told you guys this when we uh, talked about the topic initially like i actually might get into destiny again it actually you know piqued my interest because um you know destiny just left a sour taste in my mouth but i do think that man we might be able to see like maybe something that you know, we've never seen before. I mean, I remember when Destiny 1 was just coming out, you heard like, oh, we're going to go into space, do raids in space, or just these, like, just crazy traveling between planets, like, just, like, really next-gen gaming that we've never seen before. And I think, man, maybe this is the opportunity for Bungie to really, you know, spread its wings creatively, or creativity. I think if you boil down the the sort of uh, the Bungie secret sauce for great video game making. Uh, what you end up with, you know, other than, you know, just a really, really nicely well thought out narrative. And it's interesting. I think Bungie was sort of going for this, but just never really hit the mark and never made it accessible enough. Uh, with Halo, you know, whether you wanted the straightforward super soldier story or you wanted something a lot deeper, you could have both. Yeah. If you wanted, if you wanted, uh, you know, badly enough to know more about Master Chief's story, um, if you, you know, there was a ton of supplementary material. There was, I mean, there's still to this day books coming out about it. There's all kinds of different well, things. I mean, you can read the Grimoire cards and get the same <laughs> and that, thing. And that's what I'm saying. So they, you know, I think Bungie tried to do that with Destiny, um, but the way that they packaged it, like you couldn't even read any of the Grimoire cards in the actual like in the UI game. in yeah. the game. Yeah. And so that's the, that's the tough thing. I think, you know, if you boil it down, I don't want Destiny 3, I mean, if we're talking about the next installment and what that means, you know, with the split happening. Right. I think some of the most memorable things that happened in Destiny 1 really remind me a lot of the things that made Halo great when Bungie was making it. And that is some of its quirkiness. You know, like the loot, the loot cave, I mean, it, it, some people saw it as a glitch, but how many, how many, you know, memories did you make with your, like, playing with your friends, uh, you know, just, you know, farming the loot cave forever? I mean, I don't, I don't remember anybody, you know, swapping stories at the water cooler about how cool it was that we got this thing at the Eververse, this new dance, you know, at the Eververse on Destiny. It was always, you know, hey, I found this, you know, glitched out thing over here, like, or if you go over to this place right here, this fallen captain keeps spawning, and you know, little quirks like that, I don't think are necessarily bad for the game. I'm, I'm your friend, and. We didn't share any memories over the loot crate. I don't. I mean, the well, that's cave. because you were you were too busy scooping up poo, uh, dreg, dreg poop in the cosmos. It's because my friends do raids and strikes without me, or you do, <laughs> or you do the 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 the, the thing that what's the the Leviathan the thing? What's that thing? <laughs> you don't even. That's this is sad. This is really what is sad. that? That's the, that's the raid, right? I, I'm interested. Yeah, you I'm raid, s- yeah, you raid without me. That's so, why. So I'm interested. Um, suck. And if you and if you wouldn't mind sharing <laughs> can with we, us, can we not call him that, please? Okay, zone. So zone. Um. <laughs> <laughs> That's not much better, but uh, so I'm interested from your perspective, somebody who's really played sort of a uh, a like very bare minimum. I feel like of both games, I think you beat the the, the main campaign in both games, right? Yeah. I mean, what what was some of the most memorable stuff to you? Because I mean, you, you were never somebody who was chasing light level. You're never somebody who was mm-hmm. taking advantage of all like the special events and mm-hmm. everything's like that. So, no, yeah, me. I just didn't have the time. Uh, ultimately, the things that I remember are just. It was an extremely beautiful game, just from you know everything, and especially yeah, that's especially for people that that really point. like 
good sci-fi. I mean, I've ever since, you know, and I know everybody here knows Firefly, but like ever since Firefly came out, like I've just I've loved that idea of like the space the the space western, the space cowboy. Space cowboy. Like, yeah, yeah, exactly. Um and it's just it's such a cool idea and and part of Destiny had the ability to kind of scratch that itch and I felt like at times it did that. And I'm not saying that that, that was their intention to do that, but um it was a fun game to play. Really, the biggest problem that I had with Destiny was just the fact that you just, it's the same thing everybody's been saying. You have no idea what the story was supposed to be doing, and, and like it was confusing. And then at the end, you're just like, I have no idea what this game but was. But you think Bungie will fix that now that they have control over from Activision? I don't think so. I don't see in any way that Activision controlled that part no. at all. I think they had problems. In the beginning, with the direction, they didn't know what they wanted to do. They changed the story a bunch of times in the first right. one, and that's why it got released unfinished. It really wasn't. I mean, there was no story. It was just kind of piecemealed together. I'd love to be wrong, and maybe they, you know this breathes some fresh life. Maybe they're willing to kind of go after one thing. I like hearing that they're going for the hardcore crowd because I think it's right. that type of game. But I, I don't see any evidence that that would be the case. I don't think it was Activision that was forcing them to to. It's almost like they cut corners. Like they're just trying to get stuff out in time. Maybe it's the deadlines that Activision gave them, and maybe right. you know, it would be better now, but I, <clears throat> I don't is, know. Is Eververse Bungie's idea, or is Eververse Activision's idea? I think it was Bungie's solution to trying to meet the dead, the, the financial goals that Activision put on them. I, I would mm. agree. Yeah. And okay. it's not that bad. I mean, every game now has microtransactions. Mm. It's not mm. the worst says, thing says a, in the says world. Says a true addict right yes. there. <laughs> I, I, I mean, it's not that bad. That's Trevor. That's not me, man. Just, I haven't put yeah, a single cent He's tapping his that, arm over here, man. But... Yeah, well, <laughs> give me some more of that that uh, that glimmer drip, dog. <laughs> Good God! <laughs> so this this is I, I just this comes in my mind. Can you imagine the guy, the, like the lead writer on Original Destiny, right? And it's coming out, and it's got all this. The one who got fired it. right before the game. Sure. <laughs> think, Think about good sign, good sign. Think, that, think that you're that guy, right? And you're just like everything's going great, and you're excited, and you're just gonna have this great career that's built off this game that's got all this hoopla behind it, right? And then so that happens, the game comes out, and, <laughs> and everybody's like, "This is the worst story ever." Yeah, right. I mean, su imagine such being a huge that person and just being so excited and just like, man, like I'm on this, you know, it's a great opportunity, and then that happens. Should have gotten awesome. Mike Darrow, man, the the writer from Dragon Age. No, I'm, I'm just, hey I'm guys. just saying. I'm just throwing it out there. Hey guys, just in case you didn't know, when Trevor's on the podcast, he loves to plug games. He loves into <laughs> topics that we're talking about. You're definitely going to hear about Critical Role uh, at some point. You're Absolutely. definitely going to hear about Shadow of War. You definitely at will. some point. Absolutely. Which, hey, Shadow of War. Speaking of Eververse it, microtransactions, they just they slice theirs out. Maybe Bungie will do it, the same hey, thing. They need to take a page out of Warner Brothers book, man. Yeah. yeah. I say what my favorite part about Critical Role is is that. If you ever caught on to it, like maybe months after it started, or, or maybe you're just catching on to it now, you recognize there's absolutely zero to way up. to ever catch up to what's going on right now, and you probably never will catch up. It's four hours every episode. I mean, like, Matt watched it like 12 hours a day for like two months to catch up. Hey, man, got to do yeah. something at work. Yeah, yeah you well, have to have a let's job that allows you. Let's not say where he works you. on this podcast. Uh, one last question for you, Will, <clears throat> yes. on, on this subject before we move on. Well, we don't have to move on. I mean, we got time. I mean, uh, but what's your I question? Mean, I was going to say. I mean, if you're in charge of this podcast now and you tell us to move <laughs> on, Trevor, I mean, we can move on. I thought I, I was getting the move on look from you. Sorry, I thought, <laughs> I was, I thought I was getting the move on eye. Yeah. I'm just, uh, we're looking at this. Uh, I'm just kidding. It was a clock over here. Um, <laughs> so, it, from from your perspective, and I, and uh, so there there have been times when I feel like me and you have had an absolute blast playing Destiny, and j just like with pretty much everybody in this group, there are times when we've had legitimate like 
we're just having a ball together playing playing this game. And like I said, some of the, some of that is the quirky stuff. Like there there were strikes that we would grind because like before they fixed you know this particular boss, he would like keep giving you this great loot or whatever. Which I once again I think is a great part of what makes Bungie games so so neat. I mean, remember, remember how many glitches there were in the old Halo campaigns, you know, yeah. how, and how how much fun a lot of those I were. I used to love doing the like the super bounces in Zanzibar and stuff like that. Yeah, all that stuff like, is, that stuff's fun, yeah. It's amazing. I, I think honestly just if we're continuing to, you know, boil Destiny or or Bungie games down, especially with this, you know, IP and like thinking about like what keeps us coming back, right? Like my thing is destiny is is a is a really gate like like a really great game of dress up for me Okay. Like, I yeah, mean, well. at its at its absolute core, like I keep coming back to the game because they keep telling me that there's new new cool stuff, weapons and armor right. to wear and, and use. So, like for you, like what's the draw to like bring me back to Destiny? Um, I'm excited for Bungie to take back over uh, Destiny. Like Mike said, I don't know really what'll change. I'm sure there'll have to be some changes. If they don't make any changes at this point, I mean, they're going to lose a lot of. You know, you can't blame it on anybody else at that point, right? People can't be like, "Well, Bungie was great till they got bought back." Yeah, no more excuses. They, no more excuses to do it. But what would bring me back? I mean, if I had to re- review what took me away, Destiny One's campaign was absolute garbage. Like it was, it, it was fun. Like Andrew said, it was a beautiful game. And it was um, it was great, but the but the deal is is that once the story ended, you didn't know it was over. But I really enjoyed the after game of Destiny One. It kept me going. Bounties, the Elder game. Well, I mean, yeah, <laughs> it kept, that's it, what the fantasy games say. It kept me <laughs> again with the fantasy crap. Um, it, it kept it kept me going with like bounties and stuff like that. I really played a lot more of Destiny One after the campaign. Sure, Destiny Two. I really loved the campaign a lot more. I thought that it had a great villain. I thought that you know you got a lot more history of the Traveler. The Traveler really became more of a character in that Absolutely. game than just a big white mass in the sky. T- tell you what, um, the speaker got the old stomp stomp yeah, treatment. Speaker, <laughs> the old stanky boot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> got the old stanky boot. Uh, <laughs> So, <laughs> one minute uh, tra- trademark four plot right yeah, there stinky yeah. boots thanks for repeating that for me Will yeah I did I just wanted <laughs> I appreciate to, that you know, you know that's all my comedy Will we didn't just, hear it when just, Mike did yeah. it so I'm really glad that you he goes did. back well, you in know, the recording and kind of yeah, drops my audio a little bit <laughs> that's really what I did <laughs> he'll probably just cut you made. saying people, it people are wondering what you're talking about right now because I cut you out um, so those, the, those cut scenes though like by Blur oh yeah they were they were fantastic but see I thought Destiny 2's Endgame I was not a fan of like I really dumped out real fast you didn't like you don't didn't like Sparrow Racing League? No, absolutely not. I <laughs> well, did not. And they made it more casual. They got right. rid of all the random roles. There wasn't as much stuff to go out and do after you finished the game, which right. is kind of them. I mean, a lot of people complained about the random roles in Destiny 1, and then it changed into Destiny 2, yeah. and everybody complained again. Right, because people and, just love to complain. Well, I mean, yeah. the thing is, Destiny tries to appeal to everybody. They have the PvP, they have the PvE, they do it for casual and hardcore players. Right. A lot of those things are at odds with each other. You can't fix everything at the same time and if they're going for one specific direction which is hardcore players right maybe that'll be easier but we'll see well to wrap it up i would say that i and you guys feel free to add your final thoughts to it but i feel like i'm excited i still believe in bungie i really love their work i think for all the complaining like mike said everybody loves to complain on the internet you know for all the complaining uh destiny is a great game it's a beautiful game if if you could really start to hash out like you know the the races and the backstories and the characters and I don't know if my person could talk um, in the game. Oh, preach, <laughs> preach. You know, like he had a voice in Destiny One for like two cutscenes and then it was gone. Um, but you know, if if they could build a deep, rich story, because I think part of it is, is they went into it like, oh, 
this exo cowboy space guy could be you. It's like, I don't, I don't want I don't want to be me, right? I just want to be I just want to sit there and I want to play the game, right? And I just want to watch an, an epic story unfold. I don't have to be my character. And I think that was part of the not speaking thing. Um, Far Cry 5 did the same thing. In Far Cry 5, you never speak. And so part of it was their their rationale. I was like, oh, he wanted to feel like it's you. I'm like, I'm not a cowboy stranded in a, you know, like, that's not me. Yeah, um, a lot of games go the other way now. Because you have games like Red Dead Redemption 2 just right. came out, uh, The Witcher, where you, are, and I mean, the Mass Effect games, you're playing a character. You, it's fully you make out. choices, kind of, in, in some of those games and sometimes not. But it's another car- another person's voice, and there's a little bit more of right. a the story is what it is, and you're playing through it, yeah. which I like more. Me too, uh, personally. Yeah. I know some people that really get into like the immersion would rather him not say anything, but that's that's lame. But Don't that's that. what Bungie's good at. You understand? Like Bungie is good at creating that character that you care about and you love. Because when you really think about it, I didn't really care about anybody else in the Halo universe except Cortana and Master Chief. And those are the two focal players that you spend all your time with the entire time. And 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 that's just that, I mean eh, I think Sergeant Johnson is probably well, the coolest you know, character. Sergeant Johnson. <laughs> <laughs> I know what the ladies like. I know like. what the ladies like. <laughs> I was going to say, everybody's best Sergeant Johnson real quick. <laughs> yeah, my, <laughs> Richard, come on, man. You don't want to hear mine. <laughs> okay. Andrew, you got a good Sergeant Johnson? Uh, no, he, no I, I agree. I, I think, you know, uh, never was there a uh, video game that wanted you to make, you know, feel like you were in the game that won, uh, you know, a VGA award for best narrative. Yeah. You know, <laughs> you know yeah. I feel like you, you have games that, that tell the line really, really well, like Mass Effect. Um, you know, you were Commander Shepard. It was your character but they were a character. Yeah, they were. You know, yeah, you, you could know, make they, them whoever you wanted to be, male or female. Jeff Easterling, female Shep. But shout out. But yeah. you know, and then there were the you know really exciting narrative moments like your Renegade or Paragon. Right. You know, you know, thing, right. choices that would come up in 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 cutscenes and everything's like that. Um, I just think that you know, once again, we're we're bragging on Bioware here a little bit. You know, the first Dragon Age game, Dragon Age Origins, the character was not voiced, and it was really felt in some of the like cutscenes at the end where you're having to like make decisions right uh and your character's not saying anything you're just picking something on the mm. wheel and mm. they're just sort of like staring at the other mm. characters <laughs> and they fix that in games two and, and three and i think that it, it how really you, really how helped. did you pick dialogue choices in that game and not hear the dialogue it, it was very very strange uh, one, wow. once again and i and i love that game but it, it was so improved by adding you know voice lines back to the character i think you know you talked about halo and, and growing attached to master chief as a character he didn't have a lot of speaking lines no, but didn't. the but the ones that he did meant you know meant something. I need a weapon. <laughs> That's my best master chief. <laughs> That's, That's a really good one. That's all I got. All right. Well, we still believe in Bungie. We're excited about uh, Bungie and Activision's breakup. I just, just want to play. I just want to play more dress up. Man. Bungie yeah. is single again, guys. Bungie is right. single on the market. Again. On the on the market. <laughs> all right. So I was excited about this not only because this series we're going to talk about debuted on my twelfth birthday, but it turns uh, twenty uh, this year, which makes me old. old. <laughs> and uh, but guys, on January tenth, nineteen ninety nine, Batman Beyond came out. It turned twenty uh, this last week. Will, what was it like being back there 
you know, when, when they invented up. the wheel, man. What, what was up. that like, man? Let me tell you what. It was great back when they invented Batman Beyond. I'll tell you that much. It ran for 52 episodes. Will Friedle from Boy Meets World voiced Terry McGinnis. Kevin Conroy returned as Batman. And you can find the complete series right now for $38.99 on Amazon for anybody who'd like to go out and pick it up. But that's not what we're here to talk about. We're here to talk about our memories of Batman Beyond and uh, maybe some fun tidbits you didn't know about Batman Beyond. Um, and also things like what would it look like for Act for not Activision. We talked about them already. What would it look like for Rocksteady or one of these other big publishers to create a Batman Beyond game? What would a Batman Beyond resurfacing look like today? Oh, you know? please, man. You, you got to tell me, Will, because, you know, unfortunately, I know you're gonna, you you still you know hate my guts for this, but I have not played the Arkham games. Get out of this room. <laughs> but no, but honestly, uh, was was it enough to have a Batman Beyond skin for the Arkham games? No, because the Batman Beyond universe is completely different than the um, I really enjoyed Batman Beyond. Mike, Richard, you guys all you watch Batman Beyond. Did you guys see it? Yeah, watch Batman Beyond. Not as much as you did, but I, well, yeah, yeah, I've seen enough. I, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I, you know, Batman Beyond is in a is in a different universe. It's more of like a futuristic flying car. Yeah, for anybody who's listening who may not know, right? Who may not know Batman? Okay, so anybody who may not know, Batman Beyond takes place. Uh, Bruce Wayne is now an old man. He passes off the bat suit. He was going to hang it up. He actually was a, was Batman for a while, and he was going to hang it up, and then he ends up giving it. To this kid named Terry McGinnis, who was kind of actually like a loner and kind of like a ruffian. Like, he wasn't some stand-up, like, Dick Grayson. Well, I mean, Dick Grayson wasn't really a stand-up guy either. He was he had issues, but... but they all get, tortured souls. Right. He gives it to Terry McGinnis. Terry McGinnis becomes Batman. Um, Batman is set in the future, of course. There's a futuristic suit. He can actually fly. Jets in the feet. You know, he's got all kind of tech in the helmet and stuff like that. But the thing that everybody loved about Batman Beyond... It's just the outfit, man. You know what oh, I'm saying? Like the best. full, full black, head to toe. You know, big red bat across the front. You know, um, didn't really understand how he breathed because he was just covered. The mask and his face were sort With of this. one. And what's weird in the Arkham games is they do that. Like it, it, you see, like a face, but it's like like a trash bag is over his head. Like it's it's very it's very suffocating and it's That's not why cool. I will say a video game sounds awesome. Live action, wh- what are you gonna do? I don't know like, what you would do. Like how would I don't you know do? What you but here's the question. Instead of a, if you're talking about a movie, could they do it like they did into the Spider Verse, Spider Man? Oh yes. Oh, you talking about the yes. futuristic environment? Fantastic. I mean, it's not as it's going to be much darker. I mean, the right. tone is darker, obviously, but. Wouldn't that be cool? Maybe something I, different. I, that would be very Sign me cool. up. Because I am oh, yeah. sick and tired of regular and, superhero movies now. And bring Will Friedle back to voice. Oh, you and better. And Kevin Conroy. You like, better. That'd be incredible. I mean, like, so a little fun fact here for you. Back in 2000, after the failure of Batman and Robin, which that's a whole other podcast on its own. That, that's its own podcast. What killed the Ice Age? <laughs> what killed With the dinosaurs? Dinosaurs. The Ice, ice Age. Uh, yeah. Oh, God. Uh, uh, Warner Brothers did consider a live-action film of the series as the studio tried to decide what to do with the franchise. Uh, series creator, and I really hope I say this right, because uh, Paul Dini, or Dini, and Alan Burnett were tasked with writing a script for the film. They actually did. They finished their draft for it, but they decided to go a different direction, and then, of course, you get Christian Bale's Batman Begins, which, I mean, thank God, that was that's an incredible series of movies, but not Batman Beyond. Yeah, so, do, so, so do somewhere you think there's a Batman Beyond would have uh, would have gone the way of Batman and Robin and just been a uh, a movie produced to, to sell toys? Yes, absolutely. I feel like... Back, in, back in the year 2000. Absolutely. I absolutely feel that way. I mean, anybody else can chime in here, but I feel like the late 90s, early 2000s were a very weird time for 
for a lot of like superhero things and whatnot, and it was still considered very kiddy. Um, I think you 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 saw '89 Batman and Batman Returns with Michael Keaton bring superheroes into the. I mean, you don't understand. Like in '89, it was into like adulthood. Batman mania. Like if you look back at '89, I mean, everybody was like, it was a huge deal that the Batman movie it dominated the box office. Batman Returns comes out. It's very adult themed. It's very dark and twisted. I mean, Batman Returns is is. I mean, it is dark, right? Was I mean, that also Tim Burton. Uh, that's also yeah. Tim Burton. Yeah. I mean, you're talking about that's Catwoman ends up frying the enemy. Spoiler alert! With like a taser, and she kisses him while putting a taser in his mouth. It's really dark, right? And then Joel Schumacher takes over for Batman Forever. And it goes back to Saturday morning cartoon almost with a yeah, few. That, that campy crap. Is that can't? Yeah, it goes back to that stuff. You know, the first line Batman says is "I'll get drive through." You know, and you're like, okay, this is this <laughs> is nothing. Nothing beats the old uh, getting dressed uh, oh, montage, man. The, from the bat butt shot. Yeah. <laughs> the old the, the old uh, it's, card. It's the metal nipples. That's the, what. Uh, it's the latex. Really did it. The latex yeah. butt shot, man, for for uh, Chris O'Donnell <laughs> right. as uh, as Robin, man. And, and, well, let me let me ask you a question yeah. then. So we obviously went through that segment of kind of being very cheesy, and superhero movies weren't. Do you think it was the first? It was Batman Begins. That kind of turned the corner. Was it maybe that first Spider-Man movie with uh, Tobey Maguire? What opened up the door for some of these more serious? And even now, I mean, with the like into the Spider Verse, I would call that kind of an experimental film, right? Where you yeah. can open up, maybe let's do a Batman Beyond, because that's just not something that you could sell unless these movies are agree. Know, you know what I mean? So, yeah. what do you think was the turning point for that? X Men. Uh, I mean, I, that's a that's a good thought. X Men's a good thought. I mean, I think Spider Man Spider Man may have been the very beginnings of it. I think there's still a lot of campy stuff in that Spider Man yes. movie. Um, but what you're talking Did, about? And it was, so I know didn't gonna, the live action X Men movie come out in 90, 99. Like yeah, yeah. The 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 Spider Man Tobey Maguire movies do not hold up well. If you ever go back and watched it, they do not hold up that well. And that's a lot coming from you, Richard, because I know you're a big Spider Man fan. Oh yeah. Uh, right. What, what do you what do you got? What do you so, got? So so the original X Men came out in two thousand okay. live action X Men. So Spider Man, uh, the Tobey Maguire Spider Man came out. I'm gonna guess and say two thousand one, but I could be very wrong in that. All I remember is that song by Chad Kroger, a hero can save. That was Nickelback in him, right? Yeah, yeah it's Chad Kroger uh, and the guy from Saliva, right? Oh. Is that, anyway. <laughs> That's a great Sorry. song, bro. Dang. I still like that song. Well, sure, man. Me too. Yeah, yeah. No, you yeah. don't. Spider-Man Spider Man did a trademark the old upside down kiss in the rain. <laughs> Remember did, that? They, tr- they didn't trademark it. Oh, I thought God. you were serious. 2002. 2002. I think I owe a lot of money to the so, government. So, yeah. so <laughs> For upside down kissing your wife in the rain. <laughs> Richard's point is Richard's point's valid. It's very yeah. valid. X-Men really did it. X, X-Men was crazy. For I, its I remember time, it. Crazy, absolutely. Right. I don't really. And remember. obviously, started off, you know, which one of those Stan was more Lee popular? Becoming a billionaire, Spider Man, sure. hands. Down. That's what I thought. Spider-Man. I don't. I really don't remember X Men coming. Out. I obviously, I've X-Men seen it a bunch of times. Well, have you guys seen the latest X Men movie, like Apocalypse or something like that? Just look yes. at the difference between the the very very first X Men versus this X Men. You just see but, how it just progressed because, like, the first X Men. Like they they were wearing all leather. They had yeah. didn't look anything it like was still the, pretty the comics. Cheesy. Yeah, I, I do it think is. it was Batman Begins that kind of was like, okay, we can do a dark, serious movie. Yes. I, I, I would say, but I do think that I think that first Spider Man was the one that uh, opened the door to all these other superhero right. movies. Right, because because there were a lot of scenes mm-hmm. that weren't camp. I mean, you're talking about like the death of Uncle Ben. Yeah. You're talking about like real. There was there was a lot of dramatic dramatic moments in there. Yeah, but Spider Man one, e- even though I say one, the, the Tobey Maguire Spider Man, because how many different we have now three yeah three different universes the the toby Maguire spider-man 
it was as cheesy as it gets, man. Yeah, they yeah. threw they threw in some 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 soft spots, but man, it was super cheesy. Yeah, just, just trying right. to convince everyone that Tobey Maguire was fifteen in that movie. He's like forty seven. Is, is a cinema sin or or or, or or cool? You know, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I will. That was the Hobgoblin, right? That was that was he was that, the bad yeah. guy. Green Goblin. Green Goblin. Green Goblin. Goblin. Green Goblin. Okay. Really cheesy outfit, like as goofy as it gets. I man. heard someone that the thing, other. I can just hear what's what's the guy who plays him? Willem Dafoe. Willem Dafoe, Dafoe man. man, who's played like a, the craziest range of characters of all time. But Willem <laughs> Dafoe's laugh, I can just not get that out of my head. It's like between creepy and just really, really goofy. Yeah. Well, well, just think about the scene where they first met in that movie. I'll see you again, Spider-Man. Oh, it's, it's just like it's, it's the most so cheesy. Cheesy yeah. thing. I will say, and the Batman be- Begins comes out and it's just. It's just unreal. Batman, I mean, it's just, level. Batman it's Begins. Dark. Batman in a Begins good way. created the superhero like epic. You yes, know what I'm saying? Like it did. the because you see you, you see don't the, get Avengers if you don't have Batman Begins first. Absolutely. I think you see. I think you see Batman Begins is awesome because there is no there is no assumption that you know how everything goes down with Spider Man. Like Uncle Ben dies, he becomes Spider Man. Spider. But that's like his transformation to Spider-Man is 15 to 20 minutes in the movie and then everything else after that. Batman Begins, what I loved, is it takes you through the whole journey of like, you know, like Batman's, you knew at the end of Batman Begins, like, there are more of these coming. You know what I'm saying? Like there, this, this whole, this, this whole movie is act one. Uh, and that, and, and, and here's the deal, not to get into do too, too deep, this could be a whole other podcast thing. People hate the Dark Knight Rises, and they kind of, you know, they're like Batman Begins is all right, and like, oh, the Dark Knight, like that's where it's at. But you got to look at that entire trilogy as, as a work. as a, as, as, as a, a, as a one play, and it's just like an axe. You know what I'm saying? And I think that's what that that series did so well that nobody else can be able to do because I don't think Batman Begins all that was like so much of a cash grab as much as it was like it became a cash grab and it made a lot of money. I mean, tons of money. But it was really Christopher Nolan being like, I have a vision, and this is what I want to do, and now I'm done. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Like, imagine if, imagine if like Spider-Man came, and like, and like, okay, now we're done. Not, not we're done because this sucks, and we got to move on to another Spider-Man. But we're done because like this is the end of the story we want to tell. I, I think that Christian Bale really set himself apart uh, playing, yeah. okay. you know, playing Bruce Wayne and Batman. Really, and and really he well. wasn't, and he wasn't the best Bruce Wayne, man. I, I no, don't think I, he was the best Bruce. I Wayne. agree, he wasn't the best Bruce Wayne. I, I would just say after after George Clooney. Uh, we we saw we needed a dark brooding Bruce Wayne uh, who was you who know was, who who was the best Bruce Wayne yeah who was the best Bruce Wayne Ben Affleck <laughs> wow can we be serious who was the best who was the best Batman Ben, uh, ben Affleck is the best yeah the, Ben Affleck is the, is the Ben best Affleck's Bruce Wayne. the best Bruce Wayne I would say that I, I think, would say I think all the old Batman movies are bad so it's I, for I, me I do to like yeah. I do too Rick, uh, Michael Rick Keaton's Kilburn. Michael Keaton is a great I think Ben Affleck Af- I think Ben Affleck's one of the worst Batman I agree yeah he looks hilariously okay, large okay, in that sorry suit. okay yeah. then can we just combine them both together and say who plays the role best for the like for the movie that Batman encompasses um Christian Bale for me that's yeah how, how is there any other uh, where are the other drugs going? It's hard yeah. to tell. Hate, I've always hated that. No, like, what I, in the world? It's hard to are we tell doing? because he had the best like situation Movies. to work right. with. Right. Batman. I mean, they had a director yeah. and a scriptwriter that cared about the film. I mean, the the franchise enough to treat it with respect. They. I mean, they put in the work. And they had three movies to work with. It wasn't like all the Marvel movies now, which are just building to the next Avengers film. It was like a right. concise, yeah, like, right. well-told yeah, story. I think C- I, Christian Bale was, you know, he was helped out by the fact that Christopher Nolan was directing yeah. his movie. <laughs> but I mean, Christian Bale is just fantastic, no matter he what is. he's in. But although, can we talk about the motorcycle? 
Oh yeah, that's talk about the motorcycle. <laughs> definitely a cheesy a, thing added added in. Didn't it have like a name? What, what was it? Or the Batmobile had the a bat name. Cycle? The Batcycle? Uh, the Tumbler. The Tumbler. The tumbler. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I will the say, when I saw that in the theaters the first time, everybody in the, th- in the theater was like, whoa. Yeah, it was Yeah, cool. I mean, but, it, 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 but you're it was over the top. It's, it's it for the least thought. common denominator. Let's, let's not, sure. let's not but also, get you, around But here. also, by the time that movie came out, what other superhero movies are you basing that on? You know what I'm saying? I mean, it, the, sure. in that time, now... Now we live in a super, <laughs> Did you say blade. Now, now we live in a superhero <laughs> saturated world where now you see that and you're like, Meh. but at the time, dude, there was nothing else to compare that to. And to answer your question, who I think the overall best Batman is, I'm sorry, man, I think it's Michael Keaton. I, I just really He's good. Feel, I really feel like Michael Keaton played uh, Bruce Wayne very well. Like he was very suave and debonair, mm-hmm. but not to the extent of like goofy like George Clooney was. And his Batman was just very much like brooding, but it still had like a little bit of like comedy in it at times where like when well, he was comedic to watch him try and fight crime without the use of his neck. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I'm saying, but I'm saying, but like just that idea, like when he goes up in the bell tower, he's like, excuse me, you ever dance with the devil in the pale moonlight? And then like, just, you know, it's just like he brings it like it, I thought it was, I thought Michael Keaton's a really great Batman. By the way, fun fact, uh, you mentioned uh, X-Men Apocalypse and I watched a video on this the other day and it totally blew me away. Does anybody knows, know the actor that played the character of Apocalypse in X-Men Apocalypse? Oh, I do. That's, that's o- Oscar Isaac. Oscar yeah. Isaac, Oscar who, Isaac who plays Poe Dameron uh, in Star Wars, Star Wars movies. Yeah, he was excellent. Yeah, I had no idea. Um, to bring this all back around to Batman Beyond, uh, turning 20, if uh, does anybody have any Batman Beyond episode that stick out to them that you remember all these years later, or even any characters or even any any things that uh, that that you may maybe not a Batman Beyond episode per se, but there was a Justice League Unlimited episode where it was like an alternate. They like were jumping through dimensions where they and featured one of them, them. Yeah, yeah, they jumped into the dimension of Batman Beyond. That was my favorite episode. Nice. of God. Justice League Unlimited is so good. Yeah, that's a great show. That's a great, great show. For me, I think it was it was a you know it's been so long since I've you know watched the the show that it'd be hard to pinpoint an episode. For me, even it's just so nostalgic looking back on it now. I think it was really ahead of its time because it was a superhero show that you had to make work for you know kids who are watching Fox Kids. Right. Um. But but it was really ahead of its time because it was also a sci sort of a sci fi show. A little bit. Yeah. And so, uh, you know, a lot of like the, you know, different gadgets and things that he would use is, you know, the things that his suit did. Um, And there's just something really, really great about the animation style to that hand drawn animation style. Um, So, I mean, yeah, I would absolutely love to see a triple A video game come out of come out of Batman Beyond. I uh, I love the Royal Flush Gang. If you ever watched the series and yes. saw, they're the people that flew oh, yeah. on the cards, and yes. they were like had the white bodysuits and stuff, or they were they were the different elements. They were just of the, designed very well. They were yes, just very all the unique, designs of the cool. enemies were very good. And if you have not seen, don't spoil it for anybody who hasn't seen it out there, or any of you guys in here. Have you seen the movie Batman Beyond: Return of the Joker? Yes, very good. The twist in that in the end is very very good. Really really yes, good. Yes yeah. yes yes. Are we ready to see like Batman Beyond Beyond? Like what's fifty years down the road after Batman Beyond? <laughs> it's where. He's now old. <laughs> yes, that's exactly what I was thinking. No, I don't. I don't think anyone's ready for that. There's adventures at the <laughs> old folks' home. Right. I mean, there's there's all kind of different Batman that have that have donned the suit, like like Jim Gordon, like uh like uh Commissioner Gordon 
in one of the latest comic series, he puts on like a mech bat suit and fights crime, and I think he has a gun and like all kind of stuff because oh, Bruce Wayne's gone or something that's, like that's that. That's the old college humor Batman, just killing people. Like that. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, <laughs> Mike, did you, have, did you have something you wanted to say before we close no, up? I was just, I was just gonna say that that was a bad point to make, Richard. If you, <laughs> I was, that was, I was trying to make a joke. <laughs> that was bad. Okay. You should totally feel bad about it. <laughs> double, <laughs> be, double beyond. If, if you, if you haven't seen Batman Beyond, like we said, you can pick it up on Amazon, thirty-eight ninety-nine for the complete series, fifty-two episodes. Spend time, watch it, but definitely. Go watch Return of the Joker because that movie is really, really good. Hashtag Amazon sponsorship. <laughs> right. Give us give us money. All right. So last but not least, I couldn't be more excited about this. GameStop could be purchased. Oh, wow. That was a loud pop of that P there. Sorry. Um, GameStop could be purchased. And, uh, yeah, I don't know what this means. GameStop is reportedly drawing interest from two different companies with a projected sale being announced next month. Uh, with the rise in digital sales over physical and profit margins that rely too heavily on used game sales, the company has slowly started to report even more losses. I don't think anybody should buy them. I think they should close the doors. I think what GameStop does, unfortunately, we're never going to get mm. a sponsorship from GameStop, so I'm not worried about it. But like, Rotten die. <laughs> <laughs> Rot and die I mean, a horrible death. I mean, wait a second. Wait a second. GameStop is interesting. Surly sales staff. Hang on. GameStop is interesting because how many times have we not been able to afford a game unless it's been used? Although I can't, I don't know. I can't say it too much because when they drop used titles by like five dollars. Yeah, so exactly. Yeah, they drop your, your criminally loose definition of used games. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I, I can't. Yeah. No, any, any, like any thoughts on this? Any, any, any GameStop? You just want to get get your GameStop woes out before we go further with it, this? Yeah, I got one right of, right off the top of my head, man. Order uh, pre ordered, and I'm sorry for this because it's another Dragon Age reference. But dear God, I'm sorry, it just keeps coming up. Um, I pre ordered uh, Dragon Age Origins mm-hmm. Special Edition. I think back then it was you know hundred bucks or something like that, way more than a however your you know teenager should be spending on a video game. But I saved up. You know, spent the money, pre-ordered it at you know a special edition at GameStop. You got the Blood Dragon armor, you know, as a pre-order bonus. All different kinds of stuff. It came like a steel book case. Well, I show up, you know, midnight release, and uh, go to get my copy, and they hand me, you know, a special edition of Dragon Age Origins. Uh, problem. Only problem was the sleeve said uh, PlayStation Three instead of Xbox Three Sixty. And I don't own a PlayStation Three. Good, just I, just, just so the people know. People yeah, like, I, I, uh, I, I own a Xbox Three Sixty, and uh, basically, when I said, you know, this is the wrong system, they said, oh, well, I guess we uh, something got must have been messed up in our system. So sorry about that. They didn't give you an Xbox nope. Three Sixty, and that was the end of that. So I had to buy another copy of the game. Uh, wait, 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 wait. Did they take it back though? No, I, I, I kept it. They were like, well, it's yours now. Wait. They like did. as if it was like printed with your name on it, like on right. the, yeah. on the like, disc. Like here's the receipt. Everything it says uh, in our system, it says PS3. So, so you, but but you couldn't look at them and be like, well, I want my money back. I have my receipt. I don't. I, I, don't I tried. Know. I tried everything, and they were like, no, we can't. You know, we've got a big line. You know, we can't. We can't. You know, try and. So you went back. So, so you went back the next day, right? No. They can burn. Wow. They can burn. Half of that is on you. They, they, can, they can burn and die. They, they can burn and die. Man. I I will say I think the only reason that they are. Going on, I mean, they've been losing money forever. Right. I don't think it's because of how horrible the people that work there are and how no. horrible their practices are. <laughs> they are, right? They but that's are. not the Deba- reason. Debatable. Right. Like, They're terrible they are people. The worst. Right. I don't, uh, everything. Well, I mean, you walk not, in, it's, it's awful. 
and they've been awful for a long time. <laughs> Will, should we should we talk but, about? But it's not that. It's just because I think digital sales. I okay. just think it's because but, of that. And I'm gonna I'm gonna say it right here at this table, and I know there's gonna be at least one person, Trevor, who's not gonna agree with me. If you're buying games on a disc, you're a fool. All right, I'm just saying it right now. True. You're but you're a fool, man. Like there are people I know. You and Jeff, you guys like the cases and like the other things, and you For know special editions. It makes you sense. complain about switching discs out every time you have to do it. Right. You know? If you're not I don't buying, do it anymore, like, guys. All right. And and I had this and I had this written down in our notes today of like you know Xbox. If you don't if you don't remember this whole debacle when it came, the Xbox One was coming out, and they had no disc drive. And people lost their ever-loving minds. Like, everybody's like, you can't do this. Like, I, I want to buy used games. Like, it was really all based on, like, the used game market. Absolutely. I'll correct you. They, it did have a disk drive, but the game you bought, you put the disk in, and it was locked to your account. It was just like buying a digital copy. Okay. I so, thought they just had no, no disk drive. It, it did have a disk drive, but it was different because you couldn't really buy used games. That was right. the big thing. And you talk but, about well, ahead of your time. Clearly, I haven't Clearly, bought a, a game on right. on discs since. But, but but here's what people don't understand, and hope hopefully hopefully they say this with their mouth, whether they do it in action, I'm not really sure or not. What people don't understand is the advantage of GameStop going out of business, and the advantage of not ever buying a disc anymore. Look at Steam and it look makes games yes. cheaper. It makes games cheaper. Look how cheap Steam can offer, dude. You are never Steam will offer the entire GTA collection for eight bucks. And they don't care because it's a digital thing. There's no disc to print. No overhead. No disc to print. No shipping costs. There's none of that. It's like, hey, we made it. We put it out. Also, I feel like games would get to you faster. You know what I'm saying? Where it's like, hey, we're done. We're shipping it Dep- out. Depending. I mean, if it's Halo 5 Guardians, you're going to have to wait for that thing to download. Well, <laughs> yeah, the, the, the 100 gigs. <laughs> for a few days. But but you see what I'm saying? Like, I, I go back now and I'm thinking, man, you know, and, and they've talked about now the rumor is for the next Xbox console is there is no disk drive. That is a solid rumor for the next Xbox console. My only complaint about the digital right now is that like because I just recently moved out and I didn't have Wi-Fi for like a week, I couldn't play any of my Xbox games. You That's a fair point. It's, you you can, but you're you, you could have, but you're game sharing, so you can't. Oh, well, so you, you you have to go into the settings and turn it offline. But I think you need to be online to do that. Right, <laughs> right, but that's yeah. but yeah. yeah. So I mean, that is a fair point. So you do have to have internet. Right. Essentially, well, here's how it works. Here's how it works, okay? Because I, I did the same thing. When I first had my Xbox, I didn't know you could set a home console. Like, I wasn't even game sharing with anybody. I just didn't have my home console set. And I went to a hotel room, and I hooked it up to play, and I was like, oh, I'm going to play. And I couldn't play any of my games. And it was because well, if you go to old, old, old daddy's house in Thomasville, Alabama, yeah, man. Yeah, where he has no internet. No either. internet. But the thing is, is like, when you, go home, when, you, when you go to any place with no internet, okay, and you start to try to play your games, it looks for, is this your home console? If it is your home console, you can play all your games. You just can't play them online, but you can play all your single-player games anything else. If your Xbox is not your home console, then you cannot play your games. So essentially, because when you game share, you're like Eric, one of our friends, is your person. So, er, so yes. your home box is Eric's box. And so you would need to sign in as Eric. I don't know how it would work. But anyway, I'm getting too deep in this. You are a little I bit. I am. <laughs> but rumors for the next Xbox is they're not going to have a disc drive. Wouldn't surprise me. Um, will they have GameShare? Uh, yeah, I'm sure they will, yes. I don't, maybe. I'm not I don't sure. Know. GameShare is fantastic. That's just a holdover from that system right. before where you could kind of share games with your friends, which right. I just think they presented it really poorly. I think it was a great idea, but it was maybe a year or two. Before, because if you remember, right, right, ready. Before, right before they started doing that, there was a lot of like data breaches. I remember a story about a woman who bought a bunch of books on Amazon mm-hmm. and she traveled. She was from, I think, the UK and she was in like the Middle East somewhere traveling through. And it, it checks to see if you're in the right location because it's not a global, 
you know, system. It locked her out of her books. When she got home, she couldn't get them back. Like she lost every book she bought from Amazon. And there was a lot of weird stories where people. Oh, you were, mean like Kindle books? Yeah, stuff. Sorry, oh, okay, Kindle gotcha, books. Gotcha, gotcha. Um, there was a lot of stories. <laughs> I was like, how do they lock they you out took of your her physical <laughs> books and kept them at Amazon they, they at the warehouse? Slaughtered her family yeah. into her house and took all her books. <laughs> took her house. Force. Give these back. The Amazon military. <laughs> right. Yeah, a lot of which, drones. Which, side note, I got an email from Amazon about a month ago saying that I Prime membership now has the leave key and car thing. Have you guys seen this or heard about this? This is totally off topic right now, but I just want to throw it in there since you said Amazon came in her house, took her books. Amazon has a thing now. You can tell the Amazon delivery person where your key is, and they can go in your house if you give them permission and lay packages in your house. Safe. That's going to be a no for me, dog. Yeah, man. I'm good. Man. <laughs> that's, yeah. that's, and the benefit is to Amazon, not to you. Because so the packages don't get stolen. So the packages don't, don't yeah. get stolen because then that's that's on Amazon, right? right? Exactly. Th- you don't have to buy the packages again. If you right. get home, they're not there. Well, or just get right. a PO box, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, or, tre- or just Trevor, don't go to work. Trevor just with a PO home box. Stay home all day. Yeah. <laughs> Tre- do you <laughs> stay home? Get practical, packages. practical. Yeah. Trevor, do you even get mail at your house at all? No, I don't have any mail that comes to my. So house. you have to. This is the thing that just boggles my mind. You have to go to the same P.O. box whenever you want to go get your mail. Absolutely. Like out of your way sometimes. Absolutely. Never had a package stolen. You know you have a, a mailbox. Like that's that thing at the end of your driveway, man. No, no, no. That's that's for delivering mail. I put the little flag up, <laughs> put stuff oh, in there, they, and then the mailman oh, they, takes it away. Oh, oh. so you so you don't you don't want to. You're, <laughs> you're not worried about people coming to steal the mail that you're sending. That's you think right. that they can tell the difference? You don't want to receive. Sure. You don't want to receive. I just don't receive it, man. Okay, no, I mean, honestly, I, think they I have. Can a, tell the difference. That's what the flag is for on the right. Side. So all the but all thanks, the mail man. criminals. Yeah, but no, all the all the mail criminals. All M- the mail thieves. M- federal, <laughs> federal offense, by the way, to tamper it with mail. It is M A I L, not to be confused. I have a, I have a, I have a friend, which in this day and age you can't make friend, jokes about gender anymore. So. I have a friend oh, who lives the mailbox in, store. Who, who, no, no, no. I got a friend who lives in Miami, who he works for the uh, post office or the, whatever that federal a- agency is, and he's like a legit like FBI type agent, except for the post office. Is like, that right? Oh yeah. Like there was a mail truck in uh, somewhere south of us. Recently, we, 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 we record this in Tampa, Florida. It was somewhere south of us where they uh, somebody stole a mail truck. They literally like held the woman at gunpoint and stole the mail truck and drove oh away goodness. with it. And, yeah, man, he was out there on the news, like strapped up, vest, gun. Like, I mean, Get dude, out of here. He's legit, but Did man. he have the blue shorts on? With he's the- <laughs> Please no. tell me he had the blue you, shorts on. Can you imagine there's some convention where, like, all these federal agents that, like, oh, they're yeah. agents, like, kind of those, like, spies agents, kind of, they're in that realm. Everybody gets together, and you got your FBI, and you got your Secret Service, and you got your, I guess they're the Department of the Treasury or whatever. And then you've got, sure. you've got the post office guys. And the post office, and, they, and they kind themselves. of get laughed at a little they bit. They get laughed at by the other guys. Yeah, they, don't get, they don't get the nice Disney I I, lunch. I, I they get the box lunch. <laughs> I can't say his name, but he's going to hear this and beat all y'all up. He's a big old dude, man. I'm just saying. All right. Um, yeah, so back to, uh, yeah, back to what I was saying 17 yeah, sorry. minutes ago. Sorry, go back to what you were saying 17 minutes ago. <laughs> there was ago. a lot of issues with like us losing the rights to our media in the future because there was a big deal about like you don't own the stuff you buy if it's digital. Okay, you yes. basically own a license for as long as they want to give it to you. Right. As I grew older, I realized that I was never going back and playing the games from five plus years ago. So to me, it doesn't really matter. I'd rather just have the convenience of digital. Yeah. And I think a lot of people feel that way now as internet is just like, it's 
necessary for more and more games. It's a little right. bit of a straw man argument, the whole, you know, but, you know, if, the, if we only own the license and they really own the game, then what's going to happen? You know, it's yeah. it's it's a little bit of fear mongering, you know, right. on, the, on the side of, by, by the way, the people who tell you that you should be worried about buying games, you know, that, that are digital are GameStop. <laughs> uh, well, like yeah, normally, I, mean, I feel like talk about and well, t- talk yeah. about uh, talk about uh, Telltale, right? So they they T- shut down Telltale. Telltale. I never say anything. What the point we'll is? Tell us about tell us tell us a tale about Telltale. God, I hate Telltale. Next week's podcast is just me talking to myself. By the way, hashtag going out of business. Uh, R.I.P. Yeah. So, Telltale, uh, Telltale right, <laughs> is gone. And uh, But someone said at, when it first dropped, their games disappeared from the store, um, right? So I don't know if that's still the case, but I know for a while there, their games had disappeared from the Xbox store. And there was a lot of fear of like, oh, well, well if, I, if, I, if I go to download that game again, because like, I own every single one of their games. I bought them like a giant package a while back. And it's like, if they disappear from the store and I can't download them anymore, like, well, yeah, that's that's a, that's a bunch of money wasted. You know? I've I played mean, a couple of the uh, episodes of the Game of Thrones. Um, yeah. One that they put out. That, and is, I, that is supposed to be one of the worst ones, by the way. Uh, yeah, it's not very good. No. Um, but the one I played that I really did enjoy, I played uh, two of the episodes of... Uh, the Guardians of the Galaxy one. Yes. That was, was very good. Yeah, I've only pl- I played the first chapter or two of Wolf Among Us, and that was pretty much it. <laughs> <laughs> it's Wolf Among Us, and all my friends in this podcast like to joke with me because they think when I say it fast, because I talk fast naturally, it sounds like Wolf Mungus, like some sort of wolf fungus. Wolf, his last name is Mungus. <laughs> Mike, I cannot believe you okay. said that with a straight face. <laughs> okay, man. Okay, okay. Oh, well, man. Um, M- anyway. Many critics agree, man. Wolf Mongus, one of the... Many are you, critics. Are you, are, you, are you sad that GameStop... Well, it's being purchased. It's not going on a business. I mean, it's being oh, purchased. Oh, rotten diamond. Which I, feel like, which I feel like is a bad business decision. Yeah, who would buy it? Yeah, who's like, oh, man. Well, if you go in the stores now, it's like... 50% of it is just like collectible collectibles like the, and, and toys pops yeah. and shirts yeah. and stuff like right. that and I mean there might be a market for that I've bought collectibles yeah. from them I, I mean they, 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 yeah. they could always just sell Nintendo games because nobody's going digital with them you uh, got like a hard drive of like 4 gigs right. to, to yeah. be honest you know around Christmas time and, and you know a lot of us have friends or siblings who are you know or whatever that are you know into nerd culture and they do like t-shirt sales as well you know yeah. the, you know buy to get one whatever and they sell and they, but and they have some nice stuff. stuff but when are you not going to get that online anyway yeah and, and that's really if you're in a time crunch and you know you don't yeah, have Amazon you don't already have Amazon that's the family friends. member yeah. that you forgot to buy the gift for that's exactly you right. don't care that so, much about sorry man and then you he, realize at the last minute he bought your gift there Which also, guess what's going to change that is when Amazon starts building more and more facilities and more housing storage areas that they can actually ship it to you same day. That's where everything's going anyway, logically. By the way, we're talking about Amazon a lot. Um, Saw uh, when I was in Washington recently uh, in Seattle, uh, first time I've ever seen an Amazon store. Oh, yeah. uh, you, you guys have seen seen the news stories and different things about you mean the convenience stores, the the, the like grocery stores where you there's no the, right. there's like yeah. barely any staff that you just go in get your stuff and then it like scans it, your phone on the way out. Yeah, it charges Re- you as you go out. Yeah, it was it was wild. It's pretty cool. It was really really That's cool. Awesome. I will say a good story about GameStop. I mean, you know, I don't know if it's good. That's Not all the time we got for the four plot <laughs> podcast today, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> Keep going. Keep going. I will say I sold 
some Nintendo games and some extra controllers I had, and that was what let me buy my Xbox One. Because I had a PS4, yeah. Yeah. and all you guys had Xbox. That's a great point. So the only reason I was able to do that is because there was a deal where you got extra. Absolutely. You know. So, they, I mean, they, there they, was some good stuff. I just yeah. felt like their service went so far downhill over, like, the last... I mean, just gradually over the last decade, and then with the improvements in digital media. It just... Yeah. I think we need to, I think we need to address an elephant in the room and the fact that GameStop probably is going under due to the fact that Will okay. <laughs> sold okay. We need to first of all, okay. first of all, hilarious that Will right. invested in HD. I'm gonna, I'm gonna take, I'm gonna take, I'm gonna take the last five minutes of this <laughs> podcast, and I'm gonna tell you all a story about I why say, I was not allowed to go into my local GameStop. Bef- but before, before you do that, if, if we are ending on a positive note, I yes. will say, by far the best thing about GameStop is the midnight release parties. Yeah, I, I had an absolute blast. Like, I remember going with my brothers, Matt and Jeff. We, I went with you. Yeah, yeah. We, but you, that's you came less GameStop one. and more the people. That it are it there. is absolutely the right. people. Yeah, yeah. I, remember, I remember the release of Halo Three. You know, people were driving up, blasting the soundtrack on right. their on the in their Which cars. People, I, people I would, would come up with TVs right. that were hooked up to the power in their cars and like play the game immediately I'd as be, they got I'd it. I'd be interested to see if that still happens. I think I think that was a different era. I think that it, was it a, definitely yeah. was. It's and and, think, and I, something probably of the past, but that is. A, a, right. a positive because now I mean because now everything's online nothing's local I mean you can't even some of these games that you used to play couch co-op you can't even play Makes together anymore so it's one of those things where it's like oh, I'm just going to sit at my house and at midnight I'm going to play it immediately you know what you can play couch co-op the Power Rangers game that you got yeah because <laughs> guess what you can't play online the Power, the Power Rangers, Rangers game, game that I got so stupid okay let me tell you the quick story then we're going to end this podcast so the quick story of my history with GameStop is I went in and my local GameStop, uh, they just started purchasing movies, right? Um, so me, uh, if you remember the Xbox 360, they had the HD DVD player that came connected. Uh, you could buy a separate one and, and connect it up. There was a format war going on. Sony had Blu-ray, I believe it was Toshiba that was doing HD DVD or something along those lines. Don't that know sounds, uh, that sounds right. uh, Suzuki. Whatever. Yamaha. So they were doing, it doesn't matter who was doing them, but the point is, HD DVDs, if you don't remember, they were like Blu-rays, exactly like Blu-rays, just a different format the way you could watch them. They had a red case on a blue case. Mm-hmm. Very interesting. I'd bought a bunch of them because I'd invested in the HD DVD player. Needless to say, Blu-ray won out. HD DVDs are no longer there. Can't buy them in store. Can't buy them online. I got a bunch of freaking movies. What am I going to do with them? I'm going to take them to GameStop because they're taking movies now. I walk in, ask the guy on a whim, do you guys take HD DVDs? He goes, sir, we sure do. I said, okay, perfect. I brought in. <laughs> Did he kind of sound like so this when good. he talked? I brought, I brought in a stack of like 10 or 12 of them, gave them to him. That dude gave me between 10 and $20 a pop. A piece. A pop for those, okay, because... Because at the time they were very popular and Blu-rays at that time were like forty bucks. He was so like, like, "I'm ripping this guy off." Yeah, he was like, "Man, this guy, I'm taking him to the cleaners." <laughs> fast forward, fast forward. I sell him all that stuff. You know what he doesn't know? Uh, you know, unbeknownst to him, I'm sitting there cackling in my mind like, "I took you to the cleaners, bro. You can't even sell it." I guess who's gonna come in here and be like, "Oh, I want the Frighteners, that Michael J. Fox movie on uh, HD DVD." Oh, I'll take I Am Legend on yeah. HD DVD. Can I get a uh, New Jack City on? Because uh, because by the HD way, I failed to mention a lot of these movies were just like some of those like Columbia House, like you pay a penny, you get ten, you know, whatever. Kind of, they were terrible movies, like King, like Peter Jackson's King Kong, which is not bad, but it's just you don't think about that. Like when you sit at the house, like I don't want to watch Peter Jackson's King Kong. Yeah, that's not something you think about. No. So um, sold in the movies, walked out, walked back into that store probably three to four weeks later. 
and I walked in, and I had some actual movies to sell. I was like, hey, guys, you guys still buying movies? And the guy behind the counter, same guy I sold HD DVDs to, looks at me, does not recognize me, okay? And if you want to know how I know, it's because of what came out of his mouth next. He goes, yes, sir, we do take movies, but we do not take HD DVDs. <laughs> And I'm like, oh, okay. And then he said, yeah, because last week, some guy, and he pointed behind him to the stack of movies that were still there. He pointed back and said, yeah, because some guy about four weeks ago hosed me on these. I got in big trouble on my manager and almost got fired for buying these HD DVDs. We do not buy these. And I'm like, I don't know who that guy was, but he was a real piece of trash whoever sold you those. You Dude, know. joke's on him, man. He, he forgot to check the uh, New York Stock Exchange to see what uh, HD DVDs <laughs> HD closed DVDs at the day before, man. <laughs> so best of luck to you, GameStop, selling all my HD DVDs. I love how, I love how he said that he, like, he was hosed by some guy. Like He came in like he's, yeah, he's going to yeah. wheeling and dealing. Wheeling and dealing. <laughs> so. DVDs. All right, guys, that's all the time we got for this week's 4Plot Podcast. Do not miss next week's podcast. We are going to actually be breaking down Halo. The quintessential Halo ranking system is going to go down. See if your favorite Halo game takes the top title. As always, I'm Will Jackson. What's up? XCKX, Sonny. Uh, Mike 4Plot. Hey, you know it's your boy, Grim Brother 3. What an idiot. And Trevor will not be on next week's podcast. <laughs> Good night, everybody. Good night, everybody.